everyone, welcome to yet another anime podcast. Just who the hell do I think I am? I'm Ninzabor, and I'm yet another anime podcast host. Happy belated New Year. It's been a while since the last episode. Uh, taking a bit of a break of a holiday break and also not having the creative bandwidth to do another pod to do this episode until uh, my other podcast seasons got started up and then also work accelerating out of the gate. I did take some time in that time off to work through my back catalog of fall 2021. So I had fallen behind on though, despite that still was not able to get to anything, everything. Uh, but more on that later. I do also owe you guys my yet another anime podcast award. Anime, yet another anime award show of 2021, which will be in the second half of the show. But before we can do that, we need to talk about all the tw- fall 2021 shows. Now, as I alluded to on past episode, it's been a bit of a struggle for me personally to sit down and make time to watch all the shows between creative bandwidth on other projects and just work in general this past season. Uh, after all the ones I had dropped, there were still like 16 full-length shows I was semi-interested in, plus a couple of sorts, um, which is, you know, generally I would say my maximum bandwidth of really being able to keep up with shows is 12 and that's you know when i had less work going on so i'd say my bandwidth is probably close to about 10 shows or so um now as tends to be the case i also tend to prefer watching shows on crunchyroll versus Funimation due to their app working better for me uh so most of the shows i did end up finishing were crunchyroll once a lot of Funimation ones went unfinished uh, first off, here are the shows that are continuing on the, to to this uh, winter 2022 season. Uh, first up, we have the monthly show, uh, Mariko Sanchi no Kamanai-san, or Kyo in Kyoto. Um, it's a monthly cadence, you know, not a terribly impressive show, but, you know, it's a pretty relaxing show about food, which is always a plus. Um, so, you know, definitely fun checking that out. Also exciting news, it looks like it might be getting a live action adaptation on Netflix later this year. Now, you know, one of my favorite shows of the year, and we'll talk about that in the award show section, 86, uh, specifically the second part, um, it continues to be one of the most exciting shows out there with stellar directing. However, due to production issues on the back, um, you know, on the back end, uh, some, a few of the episodes got delayed. And so the last two episodes of the season will air sometime in March. Um, I stopped watching about episode 17 or so, which is when the delay started to happen. Um, and I haven't caught up on the most recent episodes. So, you know, I'll go back and watch those last few episodes plus the final two uh, when March comes around. Now, I didn't have time to get past the first episode of Osama Ranking, mostly due to it being on Funimation. That being said, you know, with the Crunchyroll Funimation merger coming down the pipeline, they've started integrating by having Anaplex show up on both platforms. Um, so the first half of the season, of, of, of the season, the two core season, came to Crunchyroll uh, about a week ago or so ago. Um, and, you know, new episodes are now releasing on both platforms. Uh, so I'll be making an effort to go back and catch up by the end of the season on all the episodes. Now, as far as the other series I wasn't able to finish, mostly on Funimation, these are shows I only watched probably the first, maybe first, maybe first two episodes of. Um, these are Gyakuten Senkai no Densi Sojo, or uh, I think Rumble Garandal, um, Annoying Senpai, Tsuki Tolaika no Nosferatu, uh, Banished from the Heroes Party, uh, and Heike Monogatari. Um, those are the ones that I you know still want to go back and, and check out, um, but haven't had time to really have a chance to. Uh, on top of that, you know, I was really behind with the summer shows um uh Sivori no Aquatope uh Sivori Suna no Aquatope which is you know the one about the aquarium uh in Osaka um or is it Okinawa I forget which one um but uh you know and honestly 
but I ended up did going back over the Thanksgiving break, watching the entire first uh, 12 episodes um, from the summer season. And, you know, I didn't get a chance to watch the second half, but I really did enjoy that first half and definitely want to go back and finish it. Honestly, the first half could be its own season all to its own, its own complete story without needing that second half. So definitely excited to see where they take, where the, where the story goes in that second half. Now, I'm also putting the following four shows, which weren't Crunchyrolls, not yet dropping them, but, you know, not putting them kind of on hold for now. Um, these were shows I watched the first six episodes of. Again, I watched through all the Crunchyroll shows as much as I could, um, but I kind of lost interest by the halfway point. Um, I'm not sure if that's because, you know, I did feel the pressure, hey, I need to get on to the next show, and I felt depressed, so I couldn't really enjoy the shows as much with kind of that, that time crunch. Um, I also did peek ahead into the uh, the synopsis of these episodes on Wikipedia to see, you know, did it seem like there was anything particularly interesting story-wise uh, to go with? Um, and and it, I th- it turned out no, so I ended up, you know, putting them on hold. Maybe I'll come back and finish it at some point, right? So Tact OP Destiny, you know, the one about, um, you know, aliens coming down to earth and then these girls turning into music arts to fight the aliens you know it's the best looking so arguably of the season or maybe second best so of the season but definitely the best of these shows and i'm most likely to go back if it if only because the animation quality is that good that said you know i was going into the show looking for an americana type road feel type of, of vibe to it um which it didn't really deliver on and you know when it comes to music stuff i wish there was a little bit more I guess referential stuff, and while they did play a decent amount of, of classical music, it's not like they really went in depth on like, oh, this classical music you know, gives this type of power and so on. Um, looking at it and realizing that, hey, this is actually just a big ad for a gotcha game, uh, which is coming out in a couple of months, you know, kind of, you know, there is a, the story that I saw on Wikipedia seems like it's semi-complete, um, but it definitely kind of took away, I guess, knowing that it was just basically an ad for God. So, which, hey, isn't a bad thing. I really fell in love with D4DJ and it, it, and it had a lot of charm to it, separate from it being an ad for a gotcha game. But this one didn't quite seem to get there for me. Um, Assassin reincarnated as an aristocrat. It initially seemed like it might be a break from the harem isekai formula by having an actually interesting protagonist, um, you know, being a grizzled old veteran reincarnating into a young body, um, and you know, some mechanical, you know, mechanical world building nuance to it. You know, using magic to reference the atomic weights of different elements in order to create, you know, new to create new forms of magic. However, like three, there were like three episodes in a row that was just basically him being a typical harem protagonist, being super OP. Gary Sue, Gary Stu, um, and you know, just uh, effortlessly attracting his harem of um, of, of assistants to help him. Um, I just kind of lost interest at that point um, when it really kind of took, went away from what made this so interesting. So, um, yeah, that's the same there. Um, Sakugan um, started off as a seemingly epic mecha versus kaiju underground exploration series with a father-daughter, you know, zany dynamic, kind of similar to Decadence from 2020. However, like Decadence, you know, it, it certainly is solid production-wise, probably the next best-looking after Tact OP Destiny. Um, and But the writing as it went on kind of left something to be desired. We never really got back to that mecha kaiju situation. We never really hit the same emotional hit that the first episode gave us. Um, and the characters kind of ended up being somewhat one-note when the premise kind of lost itself a bit of being an exploration it also doesn't help that based on the synopsis that i'm reading it kind of ended up being um 
you know, kind of an open, not not a firm conclusion on where the story is ending up going. Kind of also in hindsight, kind of where we're looking at the summary for Assassin reincarnated as an aristocrat, both had that same issue where there's kind of like an open-ended nature to the story, um, which you know isn't really what I'm looking for here. So um, that's kind of like a, putting it on hold for me. And then finally, Yakunara Muck Cup Mo second season came back, and you know, cute girls doing pottery things. Um, I was kind of frustrated though that there wasn't enough pottery happening in the first half, um, which led me to put this show on hold. And I've seen based on the summary that I think it gets back there eventually. Um, but I think we we're trying to watch other shows. I put it on hold. Maybe I'll go back and watch well, end up finishing this since again it is a sword which make it easier to do so. So yeah, those are the ones that seemingly that seeming with a seemingly light winter season coming up. I'll probably have time to go back and revisit them, especially the Funimation shows. Um, but you know, that, that at least that's better than the shows which I ended up dropping out flat out outright. Um, you know, we had Blade Runner: Black Lotus, which is supposed to be a spinoff of the classic science fiction film, but the awkward CGI and the stilted narration and dialogue, you know, there wasn't really much tying it together beyond the name of Blade Runner. So you know, that's a disappointment there. Now, Digimon Ghost Hunter game. I watched the first three episodes of, and it seemed okay enough. But frankly, I'm. It seemed like it's going to be going on for an indefinite period of time, and I'm not really in the. Like, I I don't think. Like, I think the problem with long winning series is if I get a little bit behind, which tends to happen, um, it's not like I can go and just binge like, oh, four or five, six episodes and be, and be caught up and have a complete story. It's like I get caught up so that I can go back to watching things on a weekly basis, which is easy, super super easy to fall behind, and it makes it like a tough a tough proposition there. Uh, girls, ancient girls' fame was a Donghua adaptation, actually, uh, from Funimation about girls piloting mechs and signing up to try to be mechs, the only ones who can pilot these mechs against an alien invasion. Didn't seem that impressive between the CGI and again awkward storytelling, so that was a pass for me. And then this one was from Summer Season, but Obey Me, which was a uh, you know a sword I think based off of a Gatsu game about hot devil guys doing hot devil guy things, um, based on the characters from the Gatsu. And yeah, not not really any reason for me after watching the first couple of episodes um, to really go further with this, so I ended up dropping that one. Alright, we talked a lot about shows that I didn't watch or haven't finished, so what did I actually watch and finish this season? First up, source-wise, we have two very similarly themed zones, uh, Tawawa on Mondays Season 2 and Ganbare Doki-chan, uh, basically the same show about girls, often with large opai, uh, flirting with and providing quote-unquote uh, encouragement to their oddly faceless male crushes, both based on Twitter webcomics and airing one right after another, like literally right after each other on Japanese TV. I mean, there isn't much plot here aside from the plot, if you know what I mean. Uh, but hey, if that's what you were looking for, you, that's exactly what you got. Kind of by default, it also gets the anime sorts of the season. I'm going to combine them together since they're basically the same show. Under the full-length shows, though, first with the sequels, uh, we had the second season of Restaurant in Another World, or Isekai Sokudu, Season 2. Now, it's been like four years since the last season aired, so some of the characters introduced then, and their fav- and you know they refer to, e- to each other by their favorite um by their favorite uh dishes um and you know their various quirks you know they have kind of slipped my mind um they, they are mostly in the background but they do play a part you know in various episodes uh, the first season didn't have that much amazing animation or or anything and this kind of continues that you know a lot of panning shots of admittedly well-drawn food uh, perhaps it was due to binging the episode as opposed to watching it on a week-by-week basis over lunch but the food selections didn't quite hook me or seem as appetizing to me as in previous seasons that being said, atmospherically, it still nails that very low-stakes, comfy vibe. Kind of, you know, I would, you know, one thing I do often during work is throw on a YouTube video in the background as I work. Often, you know, about somebody cooking something, 
um, and just hearing like the sounds of someone working in the kitchen. Um, for some reason, it's pretty comforting to me. So I really enjoyed that. You know, uh, you know. So you know, again, it accomplished what it set out to do, which is exactly what I was looking for. I'll say the last few episodes actually were low-key super hype uh, with some character developments I didn't see coming, and it had a pretty worthy payoff, I think, of getting invested in the show. You know, I'm never going to say no to seconds of this anime, so overall I'll give it a 3 out of 5. Now, that said, the sequel of the season has to go to one of the top shows of the year, quite frankly, uh, Musoku Tensei Part 2, or Jobless Reincarnation Part 2. Um, you know, the first season aired back in the winter, um, and they, they were supposed to come out in the fall, but it got delayed here because, you know, they really wanted to take their time to make it look great, and I think it paid off. I'll talk about it more later this episode a little bit, but honestly, Musoku Tensei is a classic in the making. Despite being one of the oldest isekai light novels out there, setting the tropes of the genre that many others would try to imitate, it only just now got adaptation, the care and detail put into it just elevates it beyond everything that's come afterwards. For the animation, from the animation to the sound and music design to uh, to the world building to the character writing, both of main character Rudius and all the supporting cast around him. Um, Sir, so it's not always a super comfortable story. You know, some of the characterizations of you know people like Rudius that can make him not appealing to certain character to certain audience mem- to audience members but that's okay because i think the point is the theme of the show is hey you can start off as a as a bat, as a you know not necessarily desirable person and you know you can maybe not grow and become a perfect paragon but as long as you keep trying and try to make an effort to be better in at least some way that's kind of something towards striving for right i mean it's a very human story it's very realistic especially when you know people make mistakes all the time I'm really glad that this one is likely, based on things I've heard, probably going to get a full adaptation for of the entire light novel series. I um, mean, this is a tale I definitely want to see on the end, on scale with what Game of Thrones would have been uh, had it, you know, not sit the bed. And hopefully, it doesn't. Um, overall, five out of five, and again, anime sequel of the season. Moving on to the new animated season, one that actually started back in the fall, in the summer season, but ended just now, halfway through, uh, Fena Princess Pirate, or Kaizoku Ojo. Um, again, another adventure series set in the Caribbean that had a lot of the same charm as, naturally, the Pirates of the Caribbean movies with Johnny Depp, with a lot of swashbuckling bravado. The characters of Fena's pirate-slash-samurai-slash-ninja crew were super charming, and you know there seemed to be a decent mystery about who Fena was and, and, her, and, and, what, and what this whole mystery people were looking for was worth unraveling. You know, there's some great music and animated fight sequences. It was definitely a show worth following. Um, what ultimately held this show back, I think, was its length, or rather its lack thereof. They tried to wrap up a grand adventure series in only 12 episodes, you know, and especially since, um, spoilers, they kind of went all sorts of mystical, otherworldly elements to it, which ultimately led the series to be doomed to fail because it had to be rushed to get to that ending. I think if it had maybe even just one more season, but preferably maybe two or three, um, and it would have played out, we got a lot stronger world building with more subtle hints throughout instead of having it all solved in their face in the last three episodes, um, it would have landed a lot better. Still a fun show overall, but definitely a disappointment relative to what it could have been. So overall, I'll give it three out of five. Now, the last way I actually managed to finish this season is The Faraway Paladin, or Sai no Paladin. Now, I read the, the first prologue, the first prologue chapters of the manga, um, and this one's, you know, again, spoilers, an isekai actually inspired by Musoku Tensei with a very similar theme of, you know, wanting to live a better life in their second chance. And I appreciate the way it takes that theme, you know, of being a reincarnation story, but it strikes the pal- power of, you know, not being a 
pure power fantasy, right? The reincarnating, the reincarnation element to the main character is important to inform who his character is and what he wants to accomplish and informs the decisions he makes uh, in the series. But also, it does not make it constantly go. It does not constantly go back to that, right? Now. You know, and, and that's a tricky line to ride. Um, now there is a knock against the series in that you know it's not doesn't have the strongest production values. The character designs are kind of bland. There's a lot of narration going on, in, kind of like in his head, in the monologues, um, and the animation looks average at best. Um, really, the strength of the show is in that writing and in the world building. Now. World building specifically, I want to call out the role of religion that it plays in this anime. As you know, in most anime, you usually see it as purely good or purely bad, or at most, you know, looks good but secretly is you know corrupt on the inside and needs to be exercised. Right um, here, there's a much more nuanced conversation, you know, portrayed by you know this bishop character who comes in later on. Not to spoil too much. No, I believe they actually announced a season two of this one down the pipeline, which I'm pretty glad for. Um, hopefully, they get a little bit more production value behind it. You know, overall, um, Faraway Paladin gets a four out of five for me, and you know, the original anime season of the award, uh, at least for now, barring you know the other stuff that that I've, I've kind of put on hold. So yeah, not a lot finished this past season. Four full-length shows and two sorts. And you know, that doesn't even look at the shows I wanted to watch but couldn't make time to even start, such as, you know, there's this Gundam, you know, sword series Gundam Breaker Battlelog on YouTube, uh, Super Crooks on Netflix, uh, Demon Slayer Season 2 started partway through the season, um, Arcane, which, you know, some may say is not an anime, but hey, um, it's anime-inspired, it seems, and, you know, everyone's talking about it, so I'd obviously get into that too. And there's a bunch of, you know, YouTube sorts about Pokemon as well, which I wanted to check out. And not to mention, there's a bunch of you know um, a bunch of movies that I wanted to see. Um, you know, and we'll talk about a little bit more of that later on as well. Things that I wanted to get back to for the rest of the year. But yeah, definitely a lot to try and catch up on the next season. Assuming again, as I expect, there won't be a lot of current shows I want to stay present with. Um, and again, this could just be a phase. You know, I've mentioned it before that you know I've in the past I've gone through phases of you know being into anime for a year and then being off anime for a year and then coming back on again. And this podcast was a way for me to try to you know stay on anime semi-consistently um, and you know maybe I'm just taking a step back because of things coming up in my life and I think that's okay uh, in any case though while I mentioned I do owe you guys the yet another anime award so for 2021 uh, we'll do a bit of abbreviated version uh, you know for, for a bit of time normally I would want to do these as their own separate episode but hey what can you do so, you know, I'll estimate over the course of the past year, I started, you know, at least one episode of somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 anime or so. Obviously, I didn't finish the ma vast majority of those as I don't get past the first episodes of a lot of them. Um, I ended up finishing, uh, by my count, about 36 full-length shows, by, um, combining some seasons, right, like Musoku Tensei airing in two, two separate seasons. Um, I'm counting that as one season. So... 36 full-length shows that were this year um, at, in some capacity, and then 14 is sorts or so. On top of that, there were two movies, uh, Sirobako and Demon Slayer, which I watched, um, as well as I went back, if you remember, and watched the entire filmography of Studio Ghibli that I hadn't uh, watched up to this point. Um, and then one show from past years, I had gone back and watched uh, Starlight Review from the 2017. So going season by season, we start off with winter. Um, this one was the beefiest season of all, with you know a ton of sequels and also some pretty solid originals. Now the animes of the season, um, and remember I gave three awards again: one for sequel, one for new anime, and one for sorts. Um, Eurocamp season two got my award for sequel of the year. 
of the season. Jujutsu uh, Kaisen was very close with Musoku Tensei, but ended up going to Jujutsu Kaisen for new anime of the season, which was a direct continuation from the preceding fall 2020 season. Um, I consider shows that air in consecutive seasons to still be new anime. Uh, and then Poi Poi Molkar was my sword anime of the season. By my count, I finished 19 full-length anime this season and six sorts. Um, then moving to spring, you know, a bit of a drop-off. I only had nine full-length shows and two sorts, but some heavy hitters here as well. Uh, Odd Taxi got my new anime of the season, SSSS Dinozenon, my sequel anime of the season, and then Yakunara Muck Cup Mo's first season as sword anime of the season kind of by default. Summer ended up with an even lighter season. Seven anime completed uh, full length with three sword series, including Star Wars Visions, which I gave actually a new anime of the season. And in retrospect, I'll be giving the sword anime of the season as well. And then the new anime of the season went to head and shoulder above the rest, uh, Dragon Maid Kobayashi. Finally, with fall, we had just recapped again two full-length shows completed. More, but Musoku Tensei Part 2 was my recap list uh, grouped under winter. Um, as noted, Musoku Tensei got... Part 2 was my sequel anime of the season, Faraway Paladin, my new anime of the season, and then the one-two hit of Tawawa and Doki-chan as my sword anime of the season combined. So, what is my anime of the year? Well, you know, rather than just say it outright, I'm figure I'd go ahead and do a top 10, but there were some honorable mentions of shows that, you know, did not get an anime of the season award and also did not make it into the top 10 that I wanted to call out. Uh, Jakuchara, uh, Tomuzaki-kun, a uh, slightly questionable beginning, but it really came around at the end in the writing, and hey, it's basically an anime about Smash Brothers. I actually just saw this morning as I'm recording this episode, they just announced that Season 2 is on the way, so looking forward to that. Uh, Zombieland Saga Revenge, um, you know, love, I definitely, I binged the first uh, season in order to be able to watch this, and loved seeing the girls back in action. I can't wait for the next movie or whatever it is to come out. Um, especially after that crazy ending. Uh, we have Vivi Florid Eyes. I have questions and, and some quibbles, and significant quibbles actually with the ending, but overall I had amazing animations from Wit and has me you know, fully invested in whatever Wit does at this point. Uh, Super Cub, again, this is in the very much comfy vibes uh, of this of the year. Um, cute girls doing motor scooter things. Um, yes, please. I definitely wanted to get a scooter after this one. Um, Seroy no Aquatope. Didn't finish the whole season, but like I said, the first half I did finish was its own story about dreams deferred and loss, and I can't wait to finish it. Um, you know, quick mention Skate the Affinity I didn't have in my notes, but in hindsight, I definitely should have included it on this list. Uh, shout out to Starlight Review for being a banger of a show. Um, you know, I've got to give Bang Dream, I guess, a chance now to complete the Busuo trifecta. Uh, Demon Slayer is the first movie I saw back in theaters. Tale of the Princess Kaguya is my favorite all-time Studio Ghibli movie at this point. Perfect 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, Animatrix also, uh, I, I forgot to include it in here, but um, I saw it for the first time in anticipation of the Matrix movie, uh, the fourth Matrix movie coming out this year, and it really did a lot to give me more appreciation for the Matrix universe as a whole. Um, and then Faraway Paladin as the only full-length anime of the season to not make it on, any top, on my top 10 list, but you know, Despite limited productions, uh, still amazingly well-written story. All right, working up from the top 10. Uh, in 10th place, we have Attack on Titan Season 4. Now, I know many people have it as the contender for number one, and there's a good reason for that. Obviously, the sift from Studio Wit to MAPPA led to some quibbling in the internet over CG, which is, in my opinion, kind of dumb, but it remains one of the most legendary moments in the anime community, seeing this story come to completion. Um, and let's hope with this next season they can stick the landing. 
Uh, in ninth place, we have Star Wars Vision, and you know, number and and you know, this was the summer new and sword anime of the season. I love what the team here did to reimagine the Star Wars universe through an anime lens, and in many ways, come back full circle to the origins of the franchise being inspired by Kurosawa films. Um, as even as standalones, you know, sorts without any knowledge of the universe and all the references they were making back to it, which there were certainly many, um, these are pure pieces of art, and I can't wait for them to do more in this vein. Um, let's see. In eighth place, we have Pui Pui Molkar, the winter sword anime of the season, and the only sword in the top ten, but well deserving. You know, just the sheer craftsmanship of these stop motion animes, and that's completely non-verbal, but super charming of these little hamster guinea pig cars. Just cannot be overstated. I'm so glad they put it onto Netflix. Uh, give me Molkar's place. In seventh place, we have Dragon Maid Kobayashi Season 2, the summer sequel anime of the season. Uh, the first Dragon Maid series was super charming and, you know, continues that tradition, if not quite as novel as the original was. Um, that said, you know, it's a slice, somehow a slice-of-life comedy. Uh, had the dopest action anime of the season and arguably of, of uh, like, within the top five of the animation of the year. Um, and, you know, like what? What do? What? What were you expecting? Um, well, you know, knowing that it comes from Kyoto Animation in their first return to seasonal anime after that tragedy several years back, you understand why this one has a special place in my heart. And you know, even though, even without that sentimentality, this would still be well deserved. In sixth place, we have SSSS Danazenon, the spring sequel anime of the season. Look, I'm a Trigger fanboy. The original SSSS Gridman told a story about isolation and loneliness through the genre of super robot series, which is kind of mind-blowing. Now, the story on Dinozenon might not be as tight um, as the original one, but it was still a blast through and through. And, you know, the semi-self-referential to the original series um, was like it was tailor-made for me, so definitely appreciate this one. Uh, fifth place, Jujutsu Kaisen, the winter new anime of the season. Now, this one's a worldwide phenomenon and the king of current sonen anime in my eyes. If I'm not mistaken, the manga is highest-selling series of 2021, topping Demon Slayer, who came in second, a year after Demon Slayer beat One Piece for the first time in forever. Now, bring me back to my roots as a sonen fan with some of the best animation in the industry right now. It's no wonder that Jujutsu Kaisen is up here. Um, the sequel movie, the prequel movie, Jujutsu Kaisen Zero, is on track to potentially be the highest-grossing film in Japan uh, for 2022 already. Um, so, yeah, this is definitely uh, def definitely a strong performance, and looking forward to seeing the movie come and hopefully a season two at some point. Uh, in fourth place, Musoku Tensei, the fall anime of fall sequel anime of the season and a very close one-up for the winter new anime of the season. Against the granddaddy of Isekai anime that's just been constructed with such loving care production-wise and writing-wise to truly so a, a very complex and nuanced story that isn't always the most comfortable to watch but pushes the boundaries time and again and that's what I want from my anime. Something that really pushes the boundary of what the medium can do. In third place, we have 86. Now, this is a close one up for new anime of the season in spring, but one that's our top two anime here instead. Um, and, you know, it's just extremely well-directed. One of the, arguably, I think, the best, or second best direct, I don't know, very good direction, and well-written war story that honestly could be up there with classics in the genre like Gundam and such. Um, definitely, definitely something I, I, I can't wait for them to finish the story and hopefully get another season after that. Second place goes to Eurocamp Season 2, uh, Winter's sequel anime of the season. And look, I may have started as a Soden fanboy as a, new, as a new anime fan, and I still am, but as I grow older, turning 30 in a couple of days, um, there's just something about cute girls doing cute things like the ESCK healing genre that's just more and more appealing to me in my old, older age. Um, maybe it's just, you know, a few years of lockdown, you know, after the pandemic, an anime about going outside and camping and spending time with your loved ones, but also appreciating the time that you have by yourself. 
it's just appealing and a reminder to take time for myself and enjoy the simple things in life. And maybe that's what we need right now. And finally, in first place, you probably saw this coming, Spring's new anime of the season, Odd Taxi. I mean, was it any surprise? There's something special about Odd Taxi, you know. Maybe it's the writing with the realistic dialogue with side hands that are seemingly irrelevant and sometimes are, but often come back to be tight foreshadowing and, and provide amazing characterization. Maybe it's the Tarantino-esque non-sequitur narrative, you know, weaving so many different stories and perspectives that are seemingly unrelated, but so a simple human connection between all of us. And speaking of human, maybe it's the cute animal design, because I'm sure, I swear, it's not just a gimmick to appeal to the furries, but actually is relevant to the plot. Maybe it's all of the above, and even more, and, you know, maybe it's greater than the sum of its own parts. You know, whatever it is, I can't stop thinking about Odokawa and his friends, and I don't think I ever really have since the series wrapped up. It's brief 12-episode run that, honestly, you know, I, I can't, I, I don't want to, because I, don't, I don't want to stop thinking about it because of how perfectly it tied it all together. So much so that, you know, I, I, I've gone back and actually raised my score on Odd Taxi. You know, it was a 5 out of 5 for, on my, on this, on, for sure. But I went back and raised it to actually the 10 out of 10 on my anime list, which is pretty rare for me. I knew when it finished, it would probably it would take a miracle to, to unseat it as anime of the year for me, and nothing ever came along. So congratulations, Odd Taxi. I'm definitely going to try to get an Odokawa cosplay in at some point next year. Um, but yeah, uh, that, there are, and yeah, congratulations to the anime of the year, Odd Taxi. Now, there are many other anime and anime-adjacent shows I didn't get to finish this year that could potentially be in consideration, uh, though maybe not to beat Odd Taxi. In addition to the aforementioned shows from the fall season, I also have a bunch of earlier seasonal shows. Sunny Boy, Vanitas no Carte, Realist Hero, Peach Boy Riverside, The Snow White Notes. There's also Netflix shows like Arcane, Eden, Yasuke, Tresse, Salmon King, Beastars, Eden Zero, and Super Crooks, Agretzko Season 4, and Rilakkuma and Karu. There was Dongwai sampled for my Dongwai episode, Link Click, uh, which definitely could have been a contender. Uh, Modus OC, uh, Scissor 7, Daily Life of the Immortal King, King's Avatar, To Be a Hero, Tong Ling Fei, and Cooking Princess. Also, not necessarily from this season of anime, but things that I definitely want to go back and check out. And then, you know, there were movies like the Evangelion movies, or Bubble Up Like Soda, or, you know, many others, Josie and Tiger and Fish. Hopefully these plan to watch and whole on whole list shows get watched sooner rather than later. You know, plus hey, I also just got a subscription to High Dive after they split out from VRV and had an end of year sale. So you know, there's a bunch of shows on there to catch up as well. In any case, that's a wrap on 2021 in anime. Let me know what your favorite anime were. What were your anime of the year for 2021 and for the fall season as well as for the year overall? Any that I missed that I should add to my plan to watch list? Uh, you can let me know over on Twitter at yetanoanipod or via email at yetanotheranimepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow my, my anime list at itinsaboy333, boy with an I. While on all the major podcast services, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, make sure you subscribe and leave a review or at the very least share it with another anime-loving friend. Friend. So you can directly support us so over on patreon.com. Links to all of that will be in our show notes. Intro and outro music provided by Suichi Sakagami, Tandas.com. Editing production by Ninja Boy Media. That's it for this episode. We air on the first and third Fridays of each month, though. For January, we'll see if I keep that schedule. I might make it to the fourth Friday just to give myself more time to catch up on the winter anime. Um, but in any case, uh, next time on yet another anime podcast, as always, we have a new season of anime coming out, uh, the winter 2022 anime season. So uh, definitely got to go back and watch all those first episodes, see what I end up sticking with. Uh, but until then, see you, Space Cowboy. Bang. <laughs>